As this is my final episode of 2023, I really wanted to do a bit of a review of the year this week. So I've gone back through this year's episodes, all 50 of them, and I've picked out five of the key lessons, my favourite lessons from those episodes that I really want to share with you today. Things which I hope you'll also carry forward with you into the new year. Let's get started. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness, a space where we celebrate you exactly as you are right now, while also looking at realistic and achievable ways that you can increase your fitness, improve your nutrition, and bring more wellness into your busy schedule. We tackle a whole range of subjects from diet culture and healthy weight loss, right through to how to stay motivated, reduce stress, balance fitness and life, and ways to get the most out of your fitness routine. This is your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation. Perfect if you're a busy woman who sometimes struggles to find time for yourself and who would love to develop a positive mindset and a consistent fitness and wellness routine. I'm Alex, your host, women's fitness and wellness coach, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, lover of chocolate, wine and exercise and believer that we can all find balance in our busy lives. Well, hello there. How are you? I hope you are having a brilliant week so far. And I'm really excited to get into this episode today because I feel like we've covered a lot this year. If you've been with me for more than a few weeks, you know that we've talked about a lot of subjects. We've talked about mindset and fitness and nutrition and body image, all of the things that I love to talk about and that I know that you love to listen to as well. But I know that sometimes we do benefit from a little bit of a refresh. So what I wanted to do today was go back through a few of my favourite episodes from the year and share those lessons with you. Now, of course, what I share today is going to be a briefer version of those particular episodes. So if they resonate with you, if you're like, oh, I've not listened to that one yet and that really resonates with me, then I definitely would encourage you to go back and listen to the full version just to get in a little bit deeper with it. So what I'll do is as we go through, I'm going to share the episode numbers and I'll share them in the show notes as well so that you can go and do that. But without further ado, let's get into it. So coming in at number five is episode 121, which was what if it doesn't work when fear is stopping you from taking positive action. Now, this was actually quite a recent episode. It was only a couple of months ago. And it is one of those things that I can't believe I haven't talked about a bit sooner. It was all about fear. And of course, this is huge, right? Fear can be really powerful for so many of us and in so many ways. And yet it's also something that we don't always realise is holding us back. And actually it sort of, I suppose, came to my attention because I'd done an online workshop a little while ago and a couple of people had talked about the fact that they were fearful of getting started because they were worried that if they did, it might not work and then they would feel like they had failed. Now, that's really, really interesting, isn't it? But it is something we all do because by definition... If you have something that you want to do for yourself, if you have a problem that needs solving, if you don't get started, then you'll definitely fail, right? You definitely will get nowhere. And we do that to ourselves, don't we? We're like, oh, I really want to get fitter. But then you go, oh, but what if I start and it doesn't work and I fail and then I'll feel rubbish about myself? And so you don't get started. And it's like, well, yeah, but if you don't get started, how are you going to know? And we all do this. I do this. There's definitely areas in my life where this shows up time and time again. And that's why I think this particular episode actually has resonance across lots and lots and lots and lots of different things, right? There's so many things that we don't do out of fear in all areas of our lives. And I, you know, for one, I, I for one can definitely resonate with that within my life. And it is something that I do work on. It is something that I really do work on. And I 
I find myself holding back on certain things. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it because it might not work. It might not work. And then I'm like, well, it definitely won't work if you don't do it, will it? Right? So this was a really interesting one because I think, you know, one of the first things that I talked about was that we actually fear both success and failure. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, how could I possibly fear success? But we do. Because if we succeed at something, then it means that something has changed and shifted within our lives and within us. And like I've talked about before, I think I talked about this last week, actually, like we we all have these identities that we cling to for dear life. Even if those identities aren't serving us, we cling to them for dear life. And succeeding at something means changing our identity. Succeeding at something means stepping into the unknown. We don't know how that thing is going to feel. Also, with success, it can feel like we are taking ourselves away from other people in a way. People are going to start going, oh God, look at her. Look at her doing all this. Mm, Check her out. And there'll be, you know, and there may be a lot of jealousy in that. You may have friends who are jealous of the changes that you're making, who dearly, dearly, dearly wish that they could do the same thing, but they're making little snide comments or they might be all lovely to you, but you can tell underlying that there's jealousy and there's this sense of like them pulling away from you. So that's just one area where, you know, that that fear of success comes in. The fear, the fear of changing, the, the fear of being somebody different can be really, really scary. But of course, we also fear failure. We know that one. We're more familiar with that one. That sense of, oh, but what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? So I might as, I'm going to keep myself safe by not even trying at all, even if I feel frustrated, even if I don't like where I am right now. I still would rather stay here than I would to chance the unknown and to chance not knowing what's going to happen. So we really fear what might happen if we do that thing, success or failure. And we can also fear things like, let's say we want to lose weight and we will say, you know, we'll say to ourselves logically, yes, I want to lose weight and I want to do it for these reasons. And this makes absolute sense to me. And I know what I need to do to do that. But then, of course, it is never as easy as you think it is. Now, of course, there's lots and lots of stuff that goes into that. But, you know, one of those fear-based things might be that you'll never be able to eat what you want again. And that can definitely be like a like a real underlying thing. Oh, my gosh, if I do all this, then I'll never be able to eat chocolate chip cookies again. I'll never be able to just go out and choose freely off the menu and not worry about it. I'm always going to have to be watching what I'm eating. So these kind of fears can definitely, definitely come in for us. We also fear not getting the perfect result. <laughs> so, you know, when you think about it, it is ridiculous, right? Because if you, you know, we all know that if you want to improve your fitness, for example, if you exercise more, if you eat better, and if you look after yourself better, you can only win. Like, how can you possibly fail? You absolutely will get fitter. You absolutely will get stronger. You absolutely will feel better. But the problem is we set ourselves up with such ridiculously high expectations and we give ourselves only one measure of success, which means that if we don't hit that high, high, high expectation, if we don't hit that one measure of success, then, you know, by our definition, we have failed. But the truth is you can't, you you cannot fail. If you go out there and you start doing things to improve your fitness, to improve your sleep, to eat better, to do all of those things, how could you possibly fail with that? And yet we do. We fear, oh, no, what if, what if I don't? What if I don't get where I want to go? What if I don't feel? What if I get the result, but I don't feel like the way I want to feel? Yeah, that can be huge as well. We can also fear that it's just going to be hard work, and that we're not going to enjoy that hard work, and that puts us off as well. Well, look, yeah, I might not like where I am right now, but this fear, this is comfortable. This is easy. I can just carry on doing the same things, and I don't have to change anything. And 
but if I start doing this thing, it's going to be really hard work and I might not enjoy it and it might be horrible. So we don't start because of that. And I think ultimately, you know, first of all, so what if you fail? You know, failure means zero about who you are. And in fact, the more you fail, the stronger and the more resilient you become. You know, I, I've seen, sort of seen quotes in places that sort of say, you know, successful people just fail faster. You know, they know that failure is the route to success. They know that if they expect to succeed first time round, then, you know, they will not get there. But if they are absolutely going, well, I probably will fail. I might fail. I might fail. I might fail, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to try it anyway. And every time they do it, they're learning something from it. And they just fail and they fail and they fail and they fail. And along that path, they get stronger, they get more resilient, and eventually they succeed because they have failed enough times to finally succeed. And I know it sounds counterintuitive, but absolutely, you need to be prepared to fail. You need to know it might not work, but you also need to know that that's okay. That is absolutely okay. Because compared to most people who won't even put themselves on the line, you are absolutely winning at life. If you're prepared to put yourself out there, if you are prepared to chance failure, then you are so much far further ahead of everybody than you can ever know. You absolutely are, because most people will not do that. Most people will sit there and they'll go, it might not work, I won't do it. It might not work, I'm not going to do it. It might not work, I'm not going to do it. That's what most people are doing. So if you're going, do you know what, I'm just going to give it a go and see what happens. You are winning. You are You are already succeeding. You are already succeeding. And like I say, particularly when it comes to fitness and wellness, you cannot possibly fail. You can only win. You can only win. It is a no-lose situation. So like I say, if you want to dive into that a little bit more deeply, then you can go and listen to episode 121. But for now, I'm going to move on to number four in my chart, which is episode 85. When you're too busy being busy, some practical strategies for calm. Now, this one and number three, which I'll come to next, are on the same kind of subject. They're all about the busyness and they're all about the kind of, oh, I don't have enough time to do everything. But the two episodes are slightly different. So they're actually quite good episodes to listen to together because this one is more practical. This is about practical strategies for calm, practical strategies about actually organizing your time a little bit, bit better. Um, and this is perfect if you feel like the busy never ends, if you feel like you're constantly overwhelmed. And I wanted to put both of these episodes in here because it's such a huge subject, right? If you ask literally any woman why she's not working out or why she struggles to eat better maybe. 99 times out of 100, I will hear, I'm too busy. But the truth is that looking after ourselves, it's got to be high on that priority list. Our health is absolutely everything. And when we neglect that, then everything feels that much harder. Now, mindset is vital to this, um, in, in this kind of like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't have enough time. Mindset is vital, but I'm going to talk about that a bit more in the, the next episode. But in this one, what I did was I brought together some practical tips that you can implement straight away to take off some of the pressure. Now, obviously, I go into a little bit more detail on these um, strategies in the episode, but I'm going to very briefly go through them. There's seven, there's seven of these. So number one is a daily power hour or a weekly power hour or whatever that might be. Like, you know, you've always got those little jobs, those niggly little jobs, and you're like, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And all that happens is that you just feel constantly overwhelmed. You're like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. But if you can create yourself a daily power hour or power half an hour or weekly power hour, whatever it might be for you, and you just say, right, I'm just going to get my head down in the hour and I am going to nail all of these niggly little jobs and get them out of the way, all of a sudden, you have absolutely reduced your overwhelm. You have absolutely created that space to just get stuff out of your head 
And it can be a really, really powerful thing to do. So that's strategy number one. Strategy number two, choose three priorities per day. Now, this is something that I try and do. I don't always do it, but I try to. And I will look at my big to-do list. So I've always got like a big master to-do list. And then out of that, I choose three priorities. No more, because otherwise then it starts to feel overwhelming. And I know that you might, if you've got like 20 things on your list, you're like, I can't only do three things today. But the point of it is that you break it down, you make it feel really manageable. And then if you get all three done, you've got time to do another one. Fantastic. But if you haven't, it doesn't matter because you've tackled three things. And, you know, it's, it's an idea to kind of maybe choose one big thing and two smaller things, for example. So it's not three massive, massive things. But yeah, choosing three priorities a day can really, really help. It can really help to just slow you down a little bit and just give you that bit more space. Um, the third one is giving yourself breaks throughout the day. Now, I talked through a couple of examples in this episode about like ways that I have done this, but essentially it's saying that, you know, after a little while, our focus goes down the pan. You know, we think that we're still being productive at three o'clock in the afternoon when we've been sat at our desks for six hours, but believe me, we're not. <laughs> we need to give ourselves breaks. And actually, if we can give ourselves breaks throughout the day, that refreshes us. Then when we sit down again, we can get focused again and we get more done. And there are a couple of examples that I share with you in this episode that I have done myself and, and has really helped me to increase my productivity loads. So giving yourself breaks throughout the day. Um, strategy number four, stop yes from being the default and say no more often. We're all guilty of saying yes. Yes, of course I'll do that. Yes, of course I don't mind doing that. Yes, of course I'll do that for you. <laughs> when really we mean, no, I don't want to do that for you. And then we get resentful and then we get annoyed that we've said yes to the thing. So learning to say no more often. Um, number five, creating boundaries around working kids. So not answering your emails at half nine at night because nobody needs that. Nobody needs your reply. They're, they're stacking their urgencies onto you. You get to decide what is urgent within your life and what is important within your life. So creating boundaries around that. Um, number six was delegating. Not all of the stuff is your responsibility. I know it feels like it is, but we have got to delegate, um, which also ties into number seven, which is involving the kids in jobs that need to be done. So this is one that I've definitely been doing more for myself lately because my kids are tween and teenagers now and they need to do more. <laughs> essentially they need to do more, right? I've done so much for them over the years. I've done so much for them over the years. They need to chip in and they need to start helping and they need to start hoovering and dusting and cleaning the bathrooms and doing all those kind of things. So getting the kids involved and not feeling like everything is your responsibility and getting your other half involved as well is really, really important. So again, I go into more detail in that episode. So if you want to listen a little bit more to that and um, get into those different strategies, then do go listen to episode 85. And then number three on my chart is episode 118, when it feels like you don't have time to exercise. So like I say, um, this is really connected to the one before, but this is more about the mindset side of it. And, you know, again, like I said before, it when it comes to reasons that we're not exercising, lack of time, top of the list every single time. Um, and so ironically, the one thing that will absolutely help us to cope with the busyness of life, i.e. exercise, eating while looking after ourselves, goes directly to the bottom of the list. <laughs> and, you know, we literally just hear ourselves say, I'm too busy over and over and over again. So if you're getting sick of hearing yourself saying that and you know you need to pay more attention to you, then this is the episode for you to definitely go and listen to in full. But here are the few top tips that I shared in the episode 
about what's going on when you say you don't have time. And like I say, this is actually mindset-based, right? So this is something for you to delve into and to um, have a think about, okay, which ones of these or <laughs> are showing up for me? Maybe all of them are showing up for you. So I think often the first thing when we say we're too busy is that time might not actually be the issue. And I know it feels like it is, but we use we often use time as a bit of an excuse. It might actually be about your priorities. It might actually be about your subconscious beliefs. Um but essentially, don't always take, I don't have time to be the truth for you. Because what we do sometimes is we actually, we create stuff. We create lots of things and jobs and things to do in our lives so that we can say, but I'm too busy. Because we don't, we don't, maybe you don't want to look at the thing. We don't want to do the thing. We don't want to start the thing. And so it's much easier if we if we're feeling fear. So going back to the first episode I talked about, if we're feeling fearful about something, or if we have a belief that that's like, oh, it's just gonna be really hard and I don't want to do it, then rather than admitting that to ourselves and saying, Oh, I'm fearing this thing, or it feels like it's gonna be too hard, we don't want to admit that. So we just say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I haven't got enough time. But sometimes we need to dive a little bit deeper into that and we need to look at the problem from a different angle and, and go, actually, is is this true? Is this 100% true? I'm, now, I'm sure you're all busy, absolutely. But is it true that I I cannot possibly find maybe an hour in total this week to do some exercise? And I think probably most of us, if we sat down, we go, actually, I could if I wanted to. So what it, what is it that's really going on? What is it? It's not time. What is it that's really going on? I think the second thing, about this, about this, this not having enough time is that we're prioritizing instant gratification. And we all do this because it is way more inviting and way more satisfying in the moment to sit on the sofa and watch something on TV than it is to go and get our bloody kit on and do a flipping workout. Because the workout is not instant gratification and the workout might feel hard and you're getting out of breath and you're like, oh, I don't like this. It's really hard. It's horrible. Don't want to do it anymore. And so what we do is we go, oh, well, I'll prioritize the instant gratification. I'll prioritize what I want in this moment in time. And every single time we do that, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Now, there's nothing wrong with sitting and watching the TV. Absolutely. I love to do that. But if we are always doing that, if we're like going, oh, I don't have enough time, but we are doing things like sit in front of the TV for a couple of hours and do that, then we're, we are prioritizing instant gratification all the time. And of course we can do that sometimes, but I think that again, we need to look at those priorities and we need to say to ourselves, okay, am I prioritizing that instant gratification here? We also think that it's an all or nothing situation. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this one comes up time and time again, doesn't it? Well, yeah, well, I, if I don't do four workouts a week, then there's no point. I won't get the result, but it's never like that. That is never the truth. But of course, again, we use it as another excuse, don't we? Oh, well, I don't have time to do four workouts a week, so I won't do it. But the truth is that, that we can do less than that, right? We can ease ourselves in gently. In last week's episode, I talked about a book called Atomic Habits. And what it basically said in there was that even if you show up to do a workout for two minutes a day for five days in a row, yes, you're going to be thinking, well, what's the point? I'm not going to get fitter just doing two minutes of exercise. But the point is that in showing up, you are saying to yourself, okay, this is important to me. This is important to me. And every time you do that, you you tell yourself it's important. And also you start to show yourself that you are a person that shows up and doesn't skip that session. So it's not an all or nothing situation. It's actually, what's the habit that I need to start building to get where I want to go? How do I do that in a way that feels good right now? And how do I build on it in the future? 
So we've got to, got to get away from all or nothing. Absolutely. Um, we also need to tune into what's actually important. So again, we often say, oh, I, don't, I haven't got the time to focus on this at the moment. And actually it's because what we go, what we're doing is we're focusing on, I just want to lose weight. That's all that matters. It's the most important thing. And if I lose weight, then I'll feel more confident. Everything will be okay. But then of course we look at that and we're like, oh my God, actually in order to lose the weight that I want to, I'm going to have to do lots of exercise. I'm going to have to completely change my diet. I'm going to have to do all these things. And I just, I don't want to look at that. I don't have the time for it. But when we start to tune into the really, truly important stuff about our health for the long term, then we start to realize that we don't need to do all the things, that actually we can just start to do small things for ourselves and that those small things will absolutely make a difference, will make a difference to who we are and how we act in the long term. And then I think the final part of this is stop telling yourself you prefer it when you're busy. <laughs> please, 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 please. People say this to me all the time. Oh, I just prefer it when I'm really busy. I just feel more motivated when I'm busy. And so what you do is you just keep piling stuff onto your plate and you keep doing and, and you will find, believe me, we can all find a million jobs that need doing at any one time, right? And so we keep finding more and more and more jobs that we believe are urgent that are in fact not, but we've all convinced ourselves because we're all addicted to the old stress hormones, the buzz we get from all the cortisol and stuff running around our veins, that we keep convincing ourselves that we just prefer it when we're always on the go. And so we will never sit still. <laughs> um, so you've got to stop telling yourself that and, and actually learn, learn to create a bit of space in your life for sure. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately, as we sit here now, our body is changing and adapting all the time, right? So if you're moving and exercising and look af looking after yourself, then right now your body is adapting to be fitter and stronger and healthier. If we're not doing those things, then our body is doing the opposite. It is not sitting there waiting for us to finally make the decision to exercise. It's not sitting there going, oh, well, do you know what? It's okay. She doesn't have the time right now. So, you know, we we'll just wait until she does. Our body is not, our body is not waiting for us. It's not waiting for us. So, that feeling of you don't have the time to exercise, you don't have the time to do the things for yourself. We need to look into what's really going on there and, and start to tackle that. Right, next up, coming in at number two, episode 97, unlocking long-term weight loss, the stress, sleep and self-worth connection. So diets, <laughs> one of my favourite things to talk about because I'm absolutely determined on this one, determined that I'm going to help women to figure out healthy long-term weight loss without diets because diets don't flip and work. But of course, in our quest to lose weight, it often feels like the obvious thing to go towards is another diet. But there are some fundamental things that we often ignore and things that are really supportive to our weight loss journey, if that is something we want to go on. And those three things are stress, sleep, self-worth, and these are absolutely vital. So I will very briefly talk about each of these. So stress, lots and lots of stress means lots and lots of cortisol. Now, when cortisol, our stress hormone, is released into our bodies, our bodies store more fat. Okay, so our body's response is, okay, times are stressful, things aren't looking good, so we need to be safe here, so we're going to store more fat. So they store more fat and your metabolism goes down. Okay, then you start to do a diet, which is stressful to your body. So you add more stress, you add more cortisol and so on. And so you go around this vicious, vicious cycle where you are, your body is wanting to store more fat. You are dieting, which means that your body is under more stress, adds more to cortisol, so on, so on, so on, so on. And at the same time, your metabolism is reducing as well. And so all of these things can lead to a really vicious cycle. Now, the stuff that we did in our, you know, maybe 20s and 30s, and maybe if you are 
one of my younger listeners, you might find that, oh yeah, diets are great. I don't know what, she, what she's talking about. Do a diet, lose weight, easy. As you get a bit older, not so easy. As you get a bit older, what you find is you're doing all the things and you're like, oh, why is this not changing? And a lot of it is because of stress. A lot of it is because of this, this excess of cortisol that's floating around, all the stress we're putting ourselves under, reducing calories even further, putting more stress on our body and just setting us off on this absolutely vicious cycle. So stress, so, so important. Sleep, also important. Of course, the less sleep we have, the more stressed we feel. So that's number one. Uh, but number two is hunger hormones as well. So we have two main hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin. So ghrelin is our hunger hormone. Leptin is our hormone that tells us when we're full. So what happens when you don't get enough sleep is that we actually produce more ghrelin and we produce less leptin. So we will be likely to overeat. We'll be likely to get hangry. Um, we'll be likely to reach for the more sugary, fatty foods and all those kind of things. So when we are not looking after our sleep, we are absolutely adding to that sort of um, cascade of <laughs> hormonal things that are going on that create that vicious cycle. So looking at your sleep is so, so, so important if you want to unlock that long-term weight loss. And then I think the final thing is self-worth. So when we tell ourselves negative things about ourselves all the time, which is what we often do, oh God, I feel so fat. I need to sort this out. Oh God, I look terrible in that photo. My God, what's wrong with me? I really need to go on a diet and get that sorted, right? We say all sorts of things to ourselves like that. Now, if we are telling ourselves those things, if we feel negatively about ourselves all the time, what actions do you think we are going to take? We're probably not going to take particularly kind actions, I would suggest. Or we might do for a short while and then we don't. Um, but if we can, you know, have a better self-worth, if we can have a better belief about what we're allowed to have, then we can start to create more of that positive feeling within ourselves. And when we have more of that positive feeling within ourselves, we're more likely to treat ourselves better. And so we create a virtuous, so from vicious cycles to virtuous cycles. So we feel better about ourselves, which also reduces our stress because a lot of our stress is about expectations and that we're not living up to expectations and all of those kind of things. So if we can start to cultivate a little bit more self-worth, a little bit more kindness for, for who we are and where we are right now, we absolutely can start to change the, change the story, change the narrative and really start to look after ourselves rather than beating ourselves up, rather than using diet and exercise as this like stick that we beat ourselves with. We actually go in the other direction. We're like, oh, how can I look after myself? How, what, what is the thing that's going to make me feel good today? And those are the decisions that we start, to, we start to take decisions differently, right? So this is a great episode. Go have a listen um, because I think it's really, 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 really helpful and gets you thinking about some of those fundamentals that we maybe are not paying attention to when we're wanting to look at long-term weight loss, but that are absolutely vital to doing that as well. So this leads me on to my number one episode this year, which is episode 104, Becoming a Grown-Ass Woman. And I made this number one because this is what brings everything together. Because my aim for each and every one of us is that we become the grown-ass woman or the queen within our own life. Because then we get to be who we want to be, we choose what we want, and we go for it. We go for what we want in life. So this is where we get properly empowered, where we stop just being caught up in life all the time. We stop being caught up in the excuses and the 
I'm too busy and all of those kind of things. And we start to realize how much more say we get in our lives than we think we do. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that you get to choose how you spend your life 24 hours a day. Of course you don't. Of course, there is stuff that has to happen. You need to do stuff. You need to work. You need to look after your kids. You need to do the shopping. You need to do all those things. Of course you do. Of course you do. But sometimes we get so caught up in it that we start to believe that we have no agency within our lives, but we really, really do. And what I did in this episode really was I actually shared the journey that I've been on because I I kind of wanted, I was hoping that you would resonate with that really. But I, you know, being becoming a grown-ass woman really is about taking responsibility, taking full responsibility. No more, I can't do it because. No more, oh, she's got it easier than me because. No more hoping that the latest diet or exercise fad is going to come in and save us and make everything better. It's actually sitting back and going, no, 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 I get to choose. I get to have agency in my own life. And then, like I say, I I shared quite a few things, um, which I'll go through briefly here. So for me, stepping into this grown-ass woman energy has, in a large part, been about feeling much more free of certain expectations about my body. So this is one thing we all get, we absolutely get to choose. We get to choose if we see ourselves as fat and out of shape and looking horrible, or if we get to see ourselves as worthy individuals. We get to choose that. Of course, it takes work, but we do get to choose. But also just trying to get rid of some of those expectations that I've had for years and years and years about what I should look like. You know, it's been really important for me. Realizing that I get to feel sexy, that I do, and that I've got an inner power within me that I get to grow and expand as much as I want to. And again, a lot of us do not allow, we don't allow ourselves to even go there. The thought of feeling sexy is like, ugh, horrible. No, I don't feel sexy. I feel horrible. But we we are allowed to feel that. We absolutely are allowed to feel that. And that sense of of our inner power, that inner power, that, that power that says, no, I take full responsibility. I take full responsibility. And then we get to grow and expand that still working on it, by the way, but you know, these are some of the things that that definitely have come to me. And then doing things like creating more of a connection between how I feel on the inside and how I'm projecting myself on the outside. So this was like a really simple thing, which was chucking out some old pants and getting myself a proper bra fitting. Like I hadn't had my bra fitted for, I don't even know how long, embarrassed to admit, probably like five or six years. (laughs) at least before I'd actually, since I'd actually been fitted for a bra. And part of the reason was that every time I go for a bra fitting, they'd they'd measure me and then they'd suggest bras and I'd put them on. I'd be like, oh my God, that looks awful. It doesn't fit properly. And so I kind of gave up on it a little bit. But anyway, I found this amazing lady who measures you by sight. And then you basically try on a shed load of bras with her and you decide which ones look good, but they're proper bras. They're not your M&S bras. And they're not actually that much more expensive at all, but they're proper bras that actually flipping fit you. And I went and did this and I bought myself two or three new bras and I will grow my collection over time, (laughs) keep saving my money and growing my collection. But I bought two or three new bras and oh my God, it felt so good to have a bra that fitted properly and that looked good and that made me feel good. And I know nobody can see it, but it still started to create more of a connection between knowing that I felt sexy, I have that inner power. And now I get to put clothes on, I get to put bras on that reflect how I feel on the inside. And that was really important for me. So for all of you who are going around in your, you know, five, six, seven-year-old bras that you're like, oh, it's looking a bit grey, 
It's time, people. It's time. Grown-ass women have bras fitted properly. And then I think, um, finally, setting my life up better for me. So not just doing what everyone expects and demands of me, but knowing that I get to put myself first. I get to do things that light me up. So, you know, for example, many years ago, that was training to be a personal trainer, right? I, I had to work full-time. We couldn't afford for me just to give up my job. So I did it in the evenings, in the weekends. I fit it in. I didn't have kids then, so... <laughs> That was a bit easier, if I'm honest. But then next year, I'm going to be taking on a new course in therapeutic coaching for women, which I'm so excited about. And these are the things that light me up. I love to learn. I love to upskill myself. And so whenever I'm doing something like that and allowing myself to do something like that, it absolutely makes me feel like a grown-ass woman. And so I'm sure that there are things within your life that you ha- you aren't doing and you haven't been doing. And like, actually, if I did that, that would that would feel really flipping great. So giving yourself permission to do that as well. But I think ultimately, it's it's I've I've realised I get to choose right. I get to choose how I feel about my body. I get to choose how I see myself. I get to choose how I show up. I get to choose what my life looks like. Not 24 hours a day, but I do get to choose certain aspects of that. And essentially, this is about taking responsibility for your life, taking responsibilities for the actions that you take, the decisions you make, the way you feel about certain things. You know, it's knowing your mind, standing up for yourself. And it's not an overnight thing. It is a process. But I'm definitely excited for this and I'd love to see you embark upon it as well. So that's uh, that was number one in my top five, Becoming a Grown-Ass Woman, episode 104. So do go listen to get a little bit deeper into that one. So that wraps it up. I know this has been a longer episode than normal, but I had lots that I wanted to talk about today. So those are my top five episodes for 2023. Now, maybe you have other ones that you have particularly loved as well, but these ones are my personal favourites and I hope that you have loved listening to them or you would love going to listen to them now. And, you know, I hope you're excited for what 2024 is going to bring on the podcast too, because I've got so much more to share, always, always. Now, one of the things which is really exciting is coming up very, very early next year is that I'm going to be launching my brand new podcast membership. Now, this means that you'll soon be able to sign up for more amazing, invaluable, exclusive content that will only be available to my podcast members. Now, there is going to be a free tier where you can get early access to all episodes 24 hours before general release. And then there is also going to be a premium membership tier where on top of that early access, you're going to get an extra Monday motivation episode each week, which is going to get you fired up, motivated, inspired for the week ahead. And is something that I know as a podcast listener, you will absolutely love. Those episodes are going to be short and sweet and just right to help you get that fire in your belly and get ready to work towards your fitness and your well-being. So perfect for the new year. And each month you'll also get a guided meditation or visualization as well. And at less than a fiver a month, it's going to be worth every single penny. So like I say, that is coming really, really, really soon. So look out for details on that. And if you would like to hear about when I actually launch that, so you can be one of the first in there, then just click the link in the show notes. So there is a link in the show notes if you would like to be on the wait list to hear about the membership. Um, And then I will send you all the details as soon as it is launched. So with all that said, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm taking a break now for a couple of weeks over Christmas, but I'm going to be back with so much more for you in the new year. So I will love you and leave you and I will see you then. Thank you so much for joining me today, beautiful people. If you have loved listening in and want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, then simply subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcast player right now. You can also come and join me on the socials at Alex Chick Fit and I'll see you again next time.